everyone. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I want to do something that I did the first service uh, with everyone this morning. I think that so many times we can be in a church service, and even though we're, we're here physically, we're not here mentally, right? Uh, so many times the problems of life and just the things that are challenging us can occupy our minds. And so although you may be hearing my voice, you may be hearing a message taking place, it's not making an impact because we're focused on what may happen and, and what do I have to take care of when I get out of this place. Am I the only one that that happens to? Okay. So let's do this for just a second. Let, let's, let's pray and let's position ourselves to receive from God this morning. Father, we just thank you, God. And in this moment, Lord, as we're here, you know the problems that we're facing. You know the challenges, God, that, that have come into our lives in this season, Lord. And Father, the stress that we faced this week, the, the sleep maybe that we lost, the worries, God, that occupied our minds and drained our energy. God, those things are, are, are real. Those things are, are clearly evident in our lives, Lord. But, but also, Lord, what's evident is your power. And the fact that we serve a God who says, come to me if you are heavy and if you are weary, and, and I will give you rest. So, Father, right now we lay our burdens down at your feet. And we make a decision to position ourselves right now to receive from you. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Fill this room. Speak to us, God. Your word is living and active, God. It's not antiquated, Lord. It's not dead, but it's, it's powerful, God. Sharper than a double-edged sword, God. Dividing bone and marrow, Lord. Testing the intentions of our heart, God. And so, Father, do what you do so well, God. Speak, Father. In your name we pray, amen and amen. So if you've been around me for, for quite some time, maybe the last two, two and a half years, you guys may know just in conversation that I've been on what I call a fitness journey, right? I've been declaring over myself that as I get older, I'm going to be better, right? I'm going to be better at 38 than I was at 28. Come on, is anybody with me today? And I'm going to be better at 48 than I was at 38, right? And I'm going to be better at 58 than I was at 48, and so on and so on. And so I've been on this fitness journey, and I, I put the emphasis on the word journey because if you've ever been intentional about your health or eating healthy, you know that it's a journey, right? You have good days and you have bad days. Come on now, you have days where it's easy to show up and work out, and you have days where it feels like the, the sheets weigh 100 pounds and you just want to stay in bed. You have days where you eat five slices of pizza, and you have days where you eat a salad. And you have days where you forget to eat breakfast like this morning, and you're eating a bacon and cheese egg bagel with hot Cheetos right before walking into this place. Yes, I'm confessing right now. But I've been on this journey, and so in my journey, what I've done is I, I, I've tried to just get better at my exercising, to learn more and to know more. And so, you know, a lot of my Google searches uh, are, hey, how do I do this exercise, and, and what do I do in order to get better in this area and in that area, right? And so there's this thing called the algorithm, that after you continue to search something, if you're on social media, they'll blast things in front of you that you know you're interested in. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? It's creepy. And so this week, this workout app came into to my focus, and, and I was looking at it, and most of the time, I just kind of fly by these things. I'm like, whatever, like, 
This ain't nothing that I'm really interested in. But this one, man, they, they were marketing very well. They had videos of this guy doing, you know, exercises and having the right form. And so I'm watching this video, and I'm like, oh, I want to look like him. Yeah, you know, and, and it was just, they were pulling me in. And so I downloaded the app. And when I downloaded the app, the first thing it starts doing is it starts going through this questionnaire, and it asks you, hey, you know, how old are you? I'm 38 years old. How tall are you? 5'10". How much do you weigh? 178 pounds. And it's going through all these different questions. Do you consider yourself to be a beginner, intermediate, or an advanced person when it comes to the gym, meaning that you know your way around the workout equipment? Of course, I see myself in a good light, so I'm like, I'm advanced, right? And so I answer all these questions, and it starts loading, and it's like putting together your custom plan. And the next page that pops up is, you get a seven-day free trial, and after that, you'll be charged $59.99 a month, right? They get you. So I signed up for the free trial. You better believe I signed up for the free trial. And I went straight to my subscriptions on my iPhone app. When does the free trial end? All right, I got a week, and I better put a reminder, because if it goes past that, I know the text that I'm going to get from my wife, Debbie. What is this $59.99, right? So I went in and I was looking at the plan. I'm like, man, this is really good. Like, they really put work in this app. And I couldn't help as I was looking at the plan how so many times in our lives when we give our life to Jesus, we surrender to him. But then the following part, God, I want a custom plan. God, I want a custom plan based on my preferences. I want a custom plan based on my comfort zone. I want a custom plan based on what I like. Not understanding that when we surrender to him, we're giving it all. And so we've been going through this series called Persistent Practices, and we've made it clear that it's not about rules or rituals, but about relationship with Jesus, right? So I don't want you to get caught up thinking that because you didn't pray this week, that God is mad at you. And I don't want you to get focused on thinking, well, I didn't read my Bible this week, so I'm walking into this place struggling to receive because all I'm thinking is that God's probably looking at me like, Really, now you want me? It's about relationship. But how many of you would agree that there are moments where we are challenged, our belief systems are challenged as we start to follow Jesus? And now we have to ask ourselves some very important questions when it comes to following Jesus. Specifically with the topic of today, which is community. Do you guys understand there's a difference between being around people and being in community. There's a difference between sitting next to you and actually living life with you. There's a Greek word that is repeated throughout Scripture, and it's the Greek word kononia. And this word is defined as fellowship, association, community, communion, or joint participation. I love what Pastor Todd Wagner from Watermark Church uh, how he defines community. He says, biblical community is when we go life on life and we say, I'm going to invite you into my life and we're going to be better for it. There's a difference between being around people and being in community. But I know what you're thinking. And I wanted people's input when it came to this topic. So about two weeks ago, I threw this question out on my Instagram and some of y'all answered that are in this room. And I threw it out on my Facebook page, and I said, why is it so difficult sometimes for people to be in community? Not just around each other, but in community. And these are some of the answers that I got. Fear of judgment. I'm afraid that if I get too close to people or they get close to me, then they're going to start judging the way that I do life. How many would they say amen to that? 
some of my habits, some of the daily things that I, I have in my life right now, maybe the way I parent, the way I manage money, or, or just my lifestyle in general, I'm afraid that they might judge me. Another person answered, fear of certain sins being exposed. So I've got these areas of my life that nobody knows about, and I keep hidden so well. And, and if people get too close, then those things are going to be exposed, and, and I don't want that because that's the part of me that I do not like. I say the hardest thing about me is having to live with me because I know myself so well. And I know maybe the anger that I struggle with. And I don't want people to see that side of me. And, 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 and the, the bitterness or the unforgiveness that is in my life or, or maybe I don't want people to know that, that maybe I struggle with the things I look at when I'm in private. I'm afraid that people are going to judge me for certain sins. Or fear of being vulnerable with others. The thought of my walls coming down and letting people in gives me a panic attack. Or how about this one, trust issues. Because we've been hurt by people that we, we trusted and, and we allowed to come into our lives. And because they hurt us, uh, we now struggle with that. And, and we can't be in community because our mind immediately goes to what they did. Or maybe you're thinking the inconvenience of allowing others in. I like my space. I like my life. I've got my people. I've got my comfort zone. Don't come into my life trying to disrupt that. Come on, let's be honest here today. We struggle with that, right? Or maybe you're thinking today, I'm too busy. I mean, I've got my own stuff going on. Much less, I can't handle nobody else's stuff. These are all things that people answered, and I'm sure that a lot of you can relate to some of these answers. But here's what we have to understand. Community cannot happen if our goal is simply to attend church service, slip in and slip out. It can't happen. So what I do most of the time when my belief system is challenged and when I know that Jesus is asking me to do something based on his word, I go down this path where I ask myself this question, and I encourage you to do the same. The first thing that I ask myself is, am I a follower of Jesus? And if I can answer that question with a strong yes, which I am, then now the question is, when it comes to a particular thing that I'm struggling with, is what does the Bible say about this topic? And what does Jesus say about this? It challenges me, right? So I know how I feel about being in community with people, but as a follower of Jesus, I now have to ask myself, what does Jesus think about community? In, in 1 John 1.7, this is what it says. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, meaning I walk in the way of Jesus, we have fellowship with one another. In the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship with one another. When you read the Bible and you see the original word for church in the Greek is the word ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. For my Spanish-speaking people, it sounds like iglesia, right? Ecclesia is defined as a called out assembly or what? Gathering. When a person trusts Jesus for salvation, he or she becomes a part of the universal body of Christ. And in Acts 2.42, we see the original Christian community. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers, Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They grew and they learned together to fellowship. There's that word koinonia again. 
They hung out together. They had fellowship and unity together. In breaking of bread, they took communion together and ate meals together and were just around each other. Do you notice the common tread here? We cannot be the body of Christ if we are isolated. Let me repeat that. We cannot be the body of Christ if we are isolated. And Jesus reaffirms this, this concept of community by, by what we see in John 13, 35. And this is what he says. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not if I love myself. It's how I love others. How will people know if I'm a follower of Jesus? By how I love other people. But if I'm isolated and I'm trying to do life alone, I'm not able to give an accurate representation of the love of Jesus to the world around me. It's how we treat each other. It's how we take care of each other. It's how we love each other that displays to the world what it looks like to follow Jesus. It's being in community. And we need to deal with this right now. There's no way around it. Not if we call ourselves followers of Jesus. We're called to be in community with others. For those of you that, that are close to us or have been around us for quite some time, I've, I've shared this story because you know how you have seasons of your life where you're like, man, I learned so much through that season. It was hard. It was challenging, but I learned so much. And for Debbie and I, one of those seasons was when we hit what we would consider to be our lowest point financially. I learned in that time that there's only so much you can do with peanut butter and jelly, right? And I learned in that time that you can only do so much with eggs. And I remember there were times where we ate peanut butter and jelly for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we're pumping our kids up. Who wants peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. And inside I'm breaking and just crying like not another day, Lord, please. I can only toast it so much, right? And so we went through a difficult financial time, and I remember as I look back and I reflect that one of the things that I learned in that time is, is how my pride had, had not allowed me to reach out for help. Y'all know how our pride gets in the way. And it's hard for us to reach out to ask people, I need help right now. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. Because the thoughts that were running through my mind in that season was, what will people think if they know that I'm struggling like this? We've got areas in our lives right now that we keep so hidden and we keep, you know, to the side because what will people think if they know that I'm struggling like this? I don't want people to think that I'm less of a man because I can't provide for my family right now. I'm supposed to have it all together. That's how they see me. I can't reach out for help. But I'm so thankful that because we lived in close community, it was only a matter of time before our community started to notice something wasn't right. They started to see that I wasn't the same person anymore, that I wasn't the happy, joyful Aaron. Something was weighing heavy on me. And when I tell you that our community showed up, they showed up in the form of prayer, in the form of anonymous gift cards and financial provision, groceries, gas money, babysitting so that Debbie and I could get time alone in encouraging words. And I'll never forget my brother-in-law who was in the first service one day, and I love how God just knows what you need at the perfect time, right? He calls me one day, and he's like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know where I was, but he's like, hey, meet me for lunch. And I knew it was a God thing because he took me to a catfish, fried catfish place, right? You know fried catfish is going to be in heaven, right, along with Chick-fil-A. And, uh, and so we went to this place, and we were eating, 
and he just started to pour just words of encouragement over me. He didn't know everything that I was going through. But because I was close enough to him and he knew me, he started to say, hey, you're going to get through this, man. You're going to get past this moment. It isn't going to be like this forever. And I just remember just thinking, God, you know exactly what I need in this moment. And so we ended lunch, and he's like, hey, I want to bless you financially. And so he gave me some money, and he made it very clear. He said, I don't want you to use this for bills. I don't want you to use this for food. He's like, God's going to take care of that. But I just want you to enjoy this with your family. And we went to Peter Piper Pizza and lived it out, guys. It's not open anymore, so... (laughs) I'm glad that it was in that season of our lives, but I can't tell you what it did to me to see my kids enjoying themselves and playing video games and us eating something outside of just peanut butter and jelly, but actually eating pizza. Because we were in close community, my community was able to show up. Can I ask you a question? Who here at NCC knows the burdens that you're carrying right now? Who here at NCC knows that your marriage is currently struggling? Who here at NCC knows that you're battling with some major depression and anxiety? Who here at NCC knows that at sometimes you can't sleep at night worrying about your kids and how their future is going to pan out and what decisions they're going to make and if they're going to marry the right person and if they're going to follow the Lord or not? Who here at NCC knows the burdens that you're carrying? Guys, we cannot expect private solutions for private problems. We have to bring these things into the light to allow people to come by us and say, hey, I may not have all the words right now, but you at least know that I'm praying for you. And you at least know that you're not the only one that's that's carrying this on their own. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But it's hard for me to bear one another's burdens when we're isolated and no one knows what burdens we're carrying. It's when I allow people close to me that the heaviness that I'm carrying right now, they say, hey, you get that side, I'll get this side. Come on, let's walk together. You're not alone here. And it may be in the form of an encouraging word. It may be in the form of a prayer. Heck, it may be in the form of, of a financial blessing that they give you. God can work in all kinds of ways, but it's exactly what you need in that moment. It's when we let people in. Another thing that I've noticed about community is how much better we are when it's done right. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been around people that when you leave their presence, you want to be better? But we've also been around people that when we leave their presence, we go back to doing things we shouldn't, right? But when it's done right, community makes us better. You get around people and you watch that the way they follow Jesus inspires you to want to get closer to him. You get around people that that inspire you to be a better man or a better woman, right? Better husband or a better wife. You get around marriages that encourage you to keep working at it and keep investing in your marriage to keep getting better and not throw in the towel. We've been blessed with having amazing couples in our lives, and and let me tell you, it's been intentional. I want to challenge some of you right now, because what we're expecting is that someone one day is going to come into your life and just say, hey, you want to be in community together? It doesn't happen that way. I have to put myself in a position to be in community with others. But we've been blessed and intentional to put certain people around us. And one of those couples is Pastor Aaron and Sarah. 
we see the maturity in Aaron and Sarah and in their marriage. And if you know them pretty well, you know that they're complete opposites. Right? I connect so well. Debbie and I connect so well with them because Aaron is like all over here and Sarah's like consistency, structure, planning. And Aaron and I are the people that will be like, man, I got an idea. Let's do it. I don't know how it's going to work out, but let's make it happen. And our wives are going crazy on this side here. So much so that on my birthday at midnight, I asked Debbie, I was like, hey, you think I can get a ruckus, a Honda Ruckus, a motorbike, right? And she was like, oh, and I was just like, come on. Like, I won't buy any shoes anymore. Like, you know how you start making these negotiations and packs? So here I am on Facebook Marketplace searching, and I'm like, this guy's willing to sell it to me right now. She's like, 11.30 at night, really? Yes. So here we are meeting this guy in Garland, right, in the middle of the night, and I'm going down the street at 35 miles per hour because that's as fast as it goes, and I'm heading home, and I'm like, I can't believe I did this. That's how crazy we are. But Pastor Sarah and Debbie, they want structure. They want planning, right? And I can't forget one time uh, Nikki and Wayne and, and I think a, another couple was with us. We were packed up in their, their vehicle, the big Nissan vehicle, for some of you that were here back in the day. Y'all know that big car that they used to have. And we're heading to dinner, and, and Pastor Aaron is driving, but he's not wearing his seatbelt. And so Sarah starts telling him, Aaron, you need to put on your seatbelt. And he's just smiling and keeps driving. She's like, Aaron, you need to put on your seatbelt. Everything was good until Debbie chimed in, my wife, and told him, Aaron, put on your seatbelt. And at that point, he said, oh, I'm definitely not doing it now. And let me tell you, he did not put on his seatbelt. And I remember just Sarah looking over and just shrugging like, that's just Aaron. And they just moved on and everything just kept on going. And I couldn't let it go. All I kept thinking is if that had been Debbie and I, that definitely would have been an argument right there. You know how you get around people that have been in the game a little longer and you're like, how did that not mess up their, their psyche and, and mess up their energy? It was like they were just focused and just kept going. And I, I'll remember that I just thought, man, they've been in this marriage game for quite some time. They get each other. And then me thinking, man, we've got some room for growth. But when we are in community, and being in healthy community will challenge me to want to be better, to be around people who are better in areas that I am not, so how they think and how they live will rub off on me. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. When you rub two iron blades together, the edges become sharper, making the knives more efficient. Community is more than just hanging out, guys. It's sharpening each other. And we see this in the verse that we read earlier in Acts chapter 2. Verse 42, how it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were digging into Scripture together. They were sharpening each other to become more like Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Who in your life right now is sharpening you? Who in your life right now is in your life being able to call out when you're not doing the right thing? In love. That they love you enough to say, bro, you're thinking wrong. You're married. Quit looking at that. Quit acting this way. Who in your life right now loves you enough to call you out and sharpen you and say, come on, you're better than this? Because we need people to remind us of who we are when we've forgotten. Do you have a healthy community of marriages around you who encourage you to want to have a healthy marriage? Fellas, are you surrounded by godly men who love Jesus well and who are committed to their spouses and love her well? 
Or do you find yourself tempted in certain areas when you're around that group of guys? Ladies, are you surrounded by women who are seeking the Lord with all their heart and they honor and respect their husbands, or do they make it easier for you to talk down to your husband and not serve him? Students, are you around people who are making it easier for you to follow Jesus or more challenging? And let me be clear, this does not mean that everybody in your life should be Christians. We've had that problem at the church, that I'm going to stay in my bubble But there's a difference between that and having community. It's who you're allowing into your life. It's what types of people are speaking into your life. As I was preparing this message, I couldn't get it out of my mind that in the name of our church is this word community, new community church. It's in our name. So my encouragement to you is to start building community here with the people around you. You've got amazing people that are sitting around you. You've got amazing people who are willing to go there. And listen, I get it. Being in community is not easy. You've been hurt. There's trust issues. There's fear of being vulnerable with others and opening up. And this is the way that I pictured it. I'm the kind of visual person. Like, I have to see examples, right? And I pictured how so many times, you know, if, if there's been trust issues, I want you to understand that, that these things exist, that they're, they're, they're valid, right? Somebody broke your trust at some point that you allowed into your life. I'm not saying read a bunch of scripture and pray and it'll just magically go away. No, you deal with that. You bring it to the Lord and you say, God, I hear this thing about community, Lord, and I want it, but God, don't forget what happened to me. There's trust issues there. But what happens is is sometimes we allow those things to, to fester and to linger and we start to build these walls, right? And then there's, there's the fear of judgment and the fear of my sins being exposed. And so what we do in those moments is we build another wall. And then there's the hurt, right? They hurt me so bad, God. You know the pain that that caused. Guys, I've gone through, you know, I've been in ministry and I've been in the church since I was a little kid. And when I tell you that, that there's been moments where I put my, my eyes on people and, and people failed me. They did something that shouldn't have happened. In those moments, I remember thinking, God, where do I go from here? And him reminding me, just keep your eyes on me. So I get that there's been church hurt. I've been through it myself. But if we're not careful, what happens is those things fester and they linger and we build another wall. And so what happens after time is is we've built these walls that that we appear to be in community and we appear to be around people. And and when we hear these messages about the blessing that is found in community, the first thing that comes to mind as I try to go after that and apply that to my life is is the fear. It's the fear of what will they think of me and what if they judge me and and I can't let people in. And so I'm sitting here looking and, and watching people have community and I want that so bad. I want people to be praying with me and I want people to be part of my life, but I can't let them near because I'm afraid. Or, or you're over here and you're thinking, God, okay, I'm excited. This is the year where, where I'm going to seek community, God, and, and I'm going to allow people into my life. But God, as soon as I start taking steps, the wall of trust comes up, and I can't let you in. So here I am watching other people experience the blessing of community, but I've got a wall up of trust. And God's not saying ignore it. 
He's saying, I know it's real. I know that they broke your trust. But I'm consistent. And even in the imperfections of the people around you, I can do amazing things. And then for others, as soon as if you hear this message of community right now, you're thinking, God, I want that so bad. I need that so bad, Lord. I'm bearing and I'm carrying some burdens right now, God, that are heavy. You think about the wall of hurt that immediately comes up and you're like, I can't let people close. Some of you right now, the thought of letting people in is causing you to hyperventilate. And God is telling you to just rest. And I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit this year, some of you are going to come from behind the walls and just say, God, this is scary. I've been here before, but I'm trusting you. So show me what steps to take. Show me what's that first step that I need to take, God, because I don't want to live isolated anymore. God, I don't want to struggle and battle on my own. God, I don't want to be carrying the heaviness and going to bed every single night thinking nobody knows that I'm struggling with this right now. And God is saying, look around. Guys, could it be that the very thing we're running away from is the exact thing we need right now, which is community? In James 5.16, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be what? Healed. There's a healing process when we start to open up to the right people. And I do want to give a disclaimer. You don't go giving your business to just anybody. Because y'all know them gossiping people, right? (laughs) But if people have proven themselves to be trustworthy and to be mature and to be somebody that you can say, okay, that's someone that I can let in and open up. God is challenging you today to say, let them in. And watch how I start to to bring healing through this relationship and through this friendship. There's wisdom here, obviously. Guys with guys and girls with girls. Let me make that clear, right? You don't go pouring out all your drama to the person of the opposite sex. There's wisdom here. But when we let people in, we'll be amazed at what God does through it. Again, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you, let this be the year where you allow God to bring you out from behind the walls that you've built and you start experiencing the blessing of community. Let me pray with you guys. Father, we just thank you, God. We know that you're in this place. And God, we know that you're speaking. And I believe that there are people right now in this room and and maybe watching online that you don't have a relationship with, with, with Jesus. You don't have a relationship. There's no communion there. There's no community even or fellowship with the Father. And before we even take that next step of, of community with others, let's establish the fact that it starts with a relationship with God. And for those of you right now that are in that place where you haven't made that decision to follow him, let me give you the gospel for just a second, the good news. God is a holy God, perfect, no sin in him. We are not. We're sinful. We've made mistakes. You live with yourself every single day. Nobody has to tell you what mistakes you've made. 
And because God is a holy God and, and we're not perfect, there's a disconnection there because of that. But because God could not stand the separation between you and him, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, to pay the penalty for your sin, which was death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Wages, meaning that's the payment, that's the punishment that we deserve. He paid the wages of sin. And he died on the cross for you. And salvation is by, by grace, through grace, by faith. It's, it's through grace, meaning that's a free gift to you. You don't have to do anything to earn it. Just receive it. Just like when someone gives you a birthday gift or a Christmas gift, you don't start to question, well, what do I need to do to earn this gift that you're giving me? No, you receive it. It's the same way God is saying salvation that I extend to you today. It's a gift. Just receive it. And it's by putting your faith in that, that sacrifice of Jesus, understanding that what he did on the cross was enough. You don't have to read a certain amount of Bible. You don't have to pray a certain amount of hours for you to finally feel like you deserve salvation. He paid the price for you. So the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. So I want to give you that opportunity today. If that's you and you're saying, hey, I want to surrender my life to Jesus right now. With everyone joining together, let's say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Take it, Lord. I surrender to you right now. I believe that your sacrifice was enough. Help me to live for you. Make me clean, Lord. Purify me and make me new. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, can we celebrate for those that are making that decision today for the first time? And for the other group today that you're hearing this message and you're like, man, okay, what's the first step? It would not be fair if we talked about community but did not give you an opportunity to respond. So here's how we're going to respond. In February, we're kicking off groups again. And it's going to give you an opportunity to build community with those around you. And all we're asking you to do right now, if you're saying, hey, I want to start learning how to build community with other men, with other women, with other groups, all you have to do is just scan the QR code or go to newcommunity.co forward slash community, and it'll take you to a page where you're going to fill out a simple form, not a lot of info. It's just going to ask you, what kind of group would you want to be in? And, and you push your email and your phone number. And leading up to when these things start, Pastor Aaron and I will be sending you know, encouraging words or just messages about community to help us to understand the importance of it. So we'll be sending things out weekly so that we stay connected to this, this idea, this concept of community. And it's not something that just happened and ex- made us excited on a Sunday morning, but we're continuing to take steps forward. So we encourage you guys, scan the QR code, save the link, and if you're at home, just go in there and sign up. And I want to pray with you guys Because I know that it's not easy for us to apply what we've heard today. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need his help. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, God. Father, I thank you that even though this message is uncomfortable, God, 
Even though right now we're recognizing, God, that we've been in isolation, Lord, and we've been carrying these burdens on our own, Lord, I believe that you're calling us out. And you're not calling us out to do it on our own, but you've given us the power of the Holy Spirit living in us as believers to be able to walk this out. So, Father, I pray that from this day forward, Lord, that you disrupt, God, our comfort zones. That throughout this week, you remind us you weren't created to live isolated. Take that next step. Reach out to someone that you trust. Sign up for that community list, that group list. Take that next step. And watch what God does through this season. I thank you, God, that uh, throughout our church, Lord, that that you're, you're bringing freedom, Jesus, this year. God, you're bringing freedom, God. That we're no longer struggling in private, but we're bringing things to light because we want to be free and see that healing process happen in our lives. We thank you, Father, and we ask this in your name.